0: Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So, if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the b2bincubator.com and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching in February 2024. Remember, the b2bincubator.com. Apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand general roles, and content leads and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategy that they created in it. Again, make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends
1: to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.
0: Welcome back to the B2B playbook. Kevin, Kevin, we're back from our little Easter break. It's a wonderful little time of year for us Aussies, isn't it? We've got um, our Easter break. What did we have the week before? Did we have something else the week before? No, I was just away the week before. But then we have Anzac Day coming up too. So a bunch of little short weeks. It's it's terrific. It's nice for everyone to get away, but also not great when you own your own business because you just have to fit the same amount of stuff into less time, Kev.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think most of us would feel that way, especially when you have a few short weeks in a row, you're really just trying trying to cram five days of work into four over and over again. But we are back and here we are again recording. Kev, it's my second weekend in a row
0: at the airport and uh, I'll tell you what, it is really hard to maintain your dignity at the airport, I find. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? Like, I just think it's like, especially because, I mean, I like to take my golf clubs everywhere I go as well. Um, So I'm always juggling like a backpack, a suitcase, a set of golf clubs, and you just look so silly because you're lugging these big things around. You know, you're trying not to drop things. You're going through security and you're trying to unpack your laptop while still moving forward and also packing your things in your bag. And... Meanwhile, people are asking you different questions about, you know, do you have aerosol cans in your bag? Do you have this? Do you have that? And you're just like, I think so. I think I don't. I'd be so surprised if I did, but I'm never 100% sure. And it's just all all very stressful. And then when you get off too, Kev, you get off the, the bloody plane and you go and pick up your bag too. And, you know, you've got people like just waiting perched at the edges of the bag carousel waiting to spot their bag and they jump in and pull it off and they hit other people and anyway, I just I just think it's very hard to look cool at the airport is what I'm trying to say.
1: George, ditch the golf clubs. <laughs> you think that's the answer? You going if I just ditch the golf clubs? I don't think that's a common issue that most people would have. <laughs> I think dish the gold clubs and i also say that there is some airport etiquette that people are a bit out of practice for which um alan joyce qantas ceo got into a bit of strife for for saying it's the traveler's fault for not knowing or being out of practice of going through airport security I don't necessarily buy into that, but I think there is generally there has been, even before COVID, there has been a general lack of airport etiquette. You know, put your put your electronics in the one spot where you know you can take out quickly and go through airport security. Get a little bag for your toiletries. It's not impossible to just take one bag out and one laptop out and that's all you need to do. It's all about process, George, as we like to as we like to talk about here. And you know, don't wear a belt. Wear some pants that hold themselves up on the day. Easy to slip on and off shoes. Uh, yeah, and away you go. And when you're waiting for luggage, don't wait right at the edge. People need to give some room so people can dash in, grab their bags with a bit of space, and step back out.
0: Well, thank you for joining us on This Week in Airport Hacks. It's been wonderful having you here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. These are the things I think about, George. I know, I know. Process is important. You're right. We need more etiquette. Look, the one thing I will agree with you on is process, Kevin. That's the one thing I'm like, Kevin's great at process. I'm going to listen to him when it comes to process, okay? I'm not going to wear a belt next time. And then speaking of process, Kevin... We know process works. That's why we are sharing our process of B2B marketing with the wider marketing community. And that's why we're also so excited to share it. We're as excited to share that process with the marketing community as you were just then to share your process of getting through security at an airport. And Kevin, we're so excited about it that we've actually spent a whole season sharing the second B in our 5Bs framework, which is really our framework for sustainable B2B growth online and what many actually call demand generation. And Kev, we spent all of this season talking about how our listeners can be helpful, which is the second B. And we're rounding out the season by highlighting and dissecting some examples from B2B businesses that are being very helpful and putting helpful material out there so people can see the practical application of those helpful principles in real world. Kevin, last week we discussed Chili Piper and their awesome ad. Um, we said that we weren't going to score it because, no, we said we were going to score it. I wanted to give it a nine or a 10 out of 10. You said, no, we shouldn't score any of them. I think we're going to circle back and score these and create a leaderboard. I think that would be great. Um, you know, how else do we know, you know, where the benchmark is if we don't rate and score these, Kevin? So last week we spoke about Chili Piper and their great LinkedIn ad that they ran. Today we're gonna look at another piece of helpful content, which is again, another LinkedIn ad. And this time it is from a cyber security and backup company called OWN Backup, O-W-N Backup. Now Kev, they provide secure daily backups of data for SaaS companies, and they specialize in data recovery, protection, and security. I was targeted by them today, Uh, on an ad on LinkedIn, and I thought it was a really good one to dissect today on the B2B Playbook podcast. Should I start off by maybe describing this ad, Kev, so our listeners can have a a mental picture of what it looks like?
1: Yes, George, paint your usual word picture.
0: (laughs) All right, Kev. Well, it's an image ad. And that leads to an article on the OWN Backup website. Again, listeners, an image ad is an ad that you run on LinkedIn. It just has an image on it, some text above. When you click on it, it takes you to the intended URL. In this case, the destination is OWN Backup's website. The image ad is titled, The State of Ransomware Preparedness in 2022, The Long Road Ahead. Now that text is on the left-hand side, so it's clearly trying to tell us about like a, a report on you know how secure people's data is and how vulnerable they are to cyber attacks. On the image ad itself, there's a padlock on the right, which again, at a quick glance, lets us see that it's about security. On the left side, above that text, it had uh, the own backup logo, the title, which I read out, and at the bottom, a clear call to action of read now. Kev, above, The image ad, we have the text which reads, of the companies that said they paid a cyber ransom to regain access to their data, applications, and systems after an attack, a mere 14% were able to recover all their data. Now is the time to secure your SaaS data from these threats before the next ransomware attack impacts you. Learn more in our blog post. As I said, Kev, clicking the ad goes to their website where you can read the ad. Does that paint a decent enough picture, do you think, for our
1: listeners? Yeah, I think so. And I think, as usual, George will be linking this on his LinkedIn and we'll have it available in the show notes as well so you can get the visual as you listen to this episode, listeners. All right, George, let's dig into our usual structure of analysis. We're going to dive in and have a look at this helpful piece of content first from what we like about it. Did you want to kick us off
0: yeah absolutely kev i'll kick us off with what we did like about it for me i thought it was the correct type of ad and content or helpful content for the stage of awareness that i'm at i'd say kev that i'm probably in that unaware stage. We had a whole episode on Eugene Schwartz's five stages of awareness. That's the idea that uh, someone's buyer journey or buyer journey has to go through the five stages of awareness all the way from unaware, so they don't even realize that they have a problem, to most aware at the point where they buy your product as a solution to that problem. And there's basically five different stages of awareness and you need to create content that accompanies each stage of awareness. So we act as a Sherpa and an usher to guide people through these stages until they buy your product instead of your competitors.
1: Yeah, it's pretty funny how when we talked about this initially at this five stages of awareness, we also gave an example of a cybersecurity company as our example to talk the listeners through. Um, so it's pretty funny that we found a piece of content from a cybersecurity company. Um, that actually does this job. So it'd be interesting to see if they really land on the points that we talked about. It does seem like they've started on the right place. As you said, George, it's the right piece of content for this stage of awareness. When you're unaware, you need to educate them about the issue. And they've obviously started talking about this issue of what you can look like when a business is coming from an unsecure um, database and they probably need to protect themselves on the cybersecurity front going forward.
0: Just want to jump in with a quick message from our sponsor, Sessions. Are you tired of juggling multiple platforms for meetings, webinars, and calendar bookings? It can be an absolute nightmare just setting up a simple team meeting. But what if I told you there's a platform that is super user-friendly and can do all of this for you? Well, there is Say Hello to Sessions. More than just a Zoom alternative, Sessions is like having a personal assistant for all of your meetings. It provides meeting notes, makes it easier to share documents and screens, it distills key points for quick overviews, and it makes it super easy for everyone to work on one board. One reviewer raved about Sessions saying, quote, in a world where remote work and virtual meetings are becoming the norm, Sessions stands out as a platform that takes video conferencing to the next level. So if you're ready to give your meetings and webinars a professional edge instantly, head over to sessions.us today to try it out for free. That's sessions.us. Don't miss out on the platform that will soon be a leader in the meeting space, allowing you to have better online interactions. Visit sessions.us today. Okay, back to the show. Yeah, it is pretty funny that now we're discussing that. (laughs) And so it's been great for us because we've already had a good think about what we would do if we were in their shoes. And Kev, as I said, I'm probably unaware, which means that the content that they should be targeting me with is something that educates me. So I'm even aware that I actually have a problem. Of the five stages of awareness, Kev, I've heard someone on LinkedIn talk about there's actually a sixth or maybe like five and a half and typically, listeners, the stage of awareness is unaware, problem aware, solution aware, product aware, most aware. Now, this guy on LinkedIn says there's actually one more stage of awareness that you don't really talk about. And that's when you are aware of the problem, but you don't care about it, meaning it's not a big enough priority. Some people say, well, that's just you, who are, you're problem aware, and we need to make you care about solutions. But this guy's going, no, 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 you're aware. But you don't care. And that's actually probably where I am. It's probably where you are too, Kev. Like, we care. Like, we are aware that our business could be hacked. We are aware that that is a huge threat to our company. But it's just not a big enough priority for us right now to take that issue really, really seriously. So I would put us in that aware, don't care sort of bucket.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think you, there's definitely a bucket there for maybe someone who is. Aware, but isn't aware that it's a problem. Um, so it's not quite problem aware. We don't think it's a big enough problem to do too much about. I mean, we do a few things to help on the security front. So, you know, stay away, hackers. You can't get into our systems that easily. <laughs> uh, but we probably don't do enough. We can do. We can definitely do a few more things there. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point. There is definitely a gap there, and we definitely probably sit in that space. All right, Kev. I just want to remind our listeners
0: when we discussed those five stages of awareness, we told them the kind of content that you should try and put in each of those stages. And of course, the stage that this fits into is in that unaware stage. So just a reminder again that. If you're in the unaware stage, that means that you aren't even aware that you have a problem, let alone know about potential solutions to that problem. So the question is, well, how do you market to people who don't realize, Kev, that they have that problem or that need? Well, of course, you want to show them when they come across your content that they actually have a problem and you want to educate them on this. Own Backup are definitely doing that. Their ad is running to an article or to a landing page which has an article which is going to educate me about all the potential pitfalls of not having a good backup system, a good security system. One of the keys here, Kevin, and we're going to dig into this as something that perhaps could be a little bit more improved uh, when we get to that section later on, is you want to use short-form snackable content that walks you through the problem. And they're kind of ideal because... The audience at this point, Kev, I myself am not yet ready to dive in further and discover more about the problem. I don't want to read a whole heap of statistics, look at in depth at how I can solve it, look at in depth at the problem. I want someone to grab my attention and make me realize this is a problem. And again, Kev, we're going to look at this more in depth later, but stories and the secrets format for your copy are a great way to do this because they're what gets your attention. And remember, if we're in that unaware stage and I'm just scrolling through my LinkedIn feed, unless it's a story, unless it's something that's going to grab my attention, you're not going to shift me into that problem
1: aware stage. I'll tell you what, George, when they use that one line that a mere 14% were able to recover all their data, that was much more snackable for me and much more resonating in terms of bringing to attention that problem um so yeah i think you know they're, they're starting to hit on that snackable content front they are using stories and secrets format in the ad copy to gain that interest gain that uh, curiosity of the of the reader but as you said there there's probably a few things that can improve on that we'll touch on when we hit that analysis point
0: All right, I might fight you on that one later on, but let's move on to more of the positives for now, Kev. (laughs) I think one of the really big ones here is that this content is ungated. And what that means, Kev, is if you have a piece of content that's gated, it means that you have to enter your email address, your name, your phone number, your passport details, whatever people ask from you before you get access to an industry report or you know even some articles. And we've always said that that's kind of crazy, particularly at this early stage of awareness, where the goal is to educate people. So if we want to educate people, why are we making their lives so difficult by making them enter in their name and email address before they get the information that shifts them into even being problem aware? Now, fortunately, own backup, don't do that. You can just click this ad, you go straight to the article. You don't need to enter in your email address and your name to read the article. So full points there to own backup for having this content ungated.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. Um, As you said, the very early stage, completely unaware and or at least not problem aware yet. So un the content, as we've been saying for the last couple of weeks, is definitely the way to go, particularly at this early stage. I think something else we really liked about this one is the landing page, um, which was great for this stage of awareness as well. So the opening line was, while ransomware isn't a new cybersecurity threat, it's certainly one of the fastest growing ones. This really agitates that problem and makes it relevant for George and myself. And they go on to say, a staggering 79% of respondent organizations surveyed stated that they had been targeted by ransomware in the past 12 months. So it really brings home and agitates that problem for us that yes, we're in the unaware stage, but now look how big a problem this is, how big a threat this is, and it really stirs that emotion with us maybe off a bit of fear, but also, yeah, maybe we should be doing something about it to protect ourselves better.
0: So Kev, we said story formats work really well. And I think I might, you know, criticize the ad a little bit later on, but I think the the landing page itself actually sets up a story really nicely. That opening line of, while ransomware isn't a new cybersecurity threat, it's certainly one of the fastest growing ones. That's a really easy line that grabs my attention, easy to digest, and makes me think, oh man, I better read more because that could affect me.
1: This is a rising problem. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. Um, And it really helps um, at that stage of agitating, uh, as you said, the emotion, the problem and making it the forefront um, of attention. And then the next thing, and probably the last thing we'll talk about that we really liked about this particular piece of content or ad was that it does demonstrate a decent understanding of the dream customers. It's narrowed to SaaS businesses, so that's already a good amount of niching. And it highlights the size of the problems through the use of stats. But it doesn't really nail down the pain points. Um, again, it's it's something that we can discuss a little later. It doesn't seem to nail down very specific pain points, but it does hit those general ones within this particular niche. So it does demonstrate that decent understanding of where the dream customers are at, who they might be, SaaS uh, business uh people working in SaaS businesses and it highlights the size of the problem because they know that the dream customers are probably not aware enough of the problem and they need to be highlighted and the size of the problem needs to be highlighted to them.
0: Yeah, that's right, Kev. I'm own backup specialize in Um, solutions for SaaS businesses and littered throughout the article are references to SaaS businesses. It's a case study about a SaaS business or sorry, not a case study, a report on SaaS businesses in general. So at least the content there really fits the segment that they're best suited to and that is their dream client. So points for that for sure. How about we dig into now some of the things that could be improved, Kev?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest one that we've uh, been talking about and probably is coming across to the listeners is that we probably feel a story format could be a bit more impactful and better and maybe in a more snackable form in the feed so it's a bit easier to digest because right now when you look at this ad it's not that specific it's not that snackable it tries to get you to click through to the website which is which is all well and good but you know, without having engaged in the brand first it might be difficult to get that sort of engagement that they're looking for um, so they probably need more snackable content in the feed itself to draw that interest back to their website and then once it's on the website it really needs to be a lot more story format driven so that people stay with the story and maybe making that a bit shorter and more digestible because when you do click through it it is a pretty sizable uh, blog post it, it will take quite a few minutes to read, if not you know, 10, 15 minutes. So people are very unlikely to make that sort of time commitment in the first couple of interactions with your brand. So that's probably the first thing that we would say needs to be improved, making it more snackable and making it into a story format as well at the same time. Yeah, Kev,
0: Opening two lines of the copy just don't really grab my attention. and They don't set up the story in the same way that the article itself does. And it's great that they do that in the article, you know, on the landing page there. That's awesome that they do that. But the reality is most people who see this aren't going to click through, particularly at this stage of awareness when people are unaware or maybe even a bit problem aware. So they need to do the most that they can with those opening two lines to grab me and you know, try and get my curiosity, try and hook me into at least seeing the rest of the text and then clicking through to see the landing page. And the opening two lines of, of the companies that said they paid a cyber ransom to regain access to their data, applications and systems after an attack, a mere 14% were able to recover all their data. To me, Kev, that is difficult to process. The real juice for me, Kev, is only 14% were able to recover all their data when they paid their ransom, right? That is a terrifying thought. To me, that's almost something that you should lead with. The fact that, did you know that if you get hacked and you pay the ransom, this bloody guy is going to run off with your money? And then, even then, only 14% of people actually get their data back? Like, that is scary. That's much scarier. And I know, okay, if we say we don't want to be fear-mongers, but we have to get people's attention. We have to hit their pain points because we have to make that real. We have to make people imagine that they themselves could be in that situation. And long sentences with like a stat thrown at the end, to me, that's not grabbing my attention.
1: You know what, George? You're probably right. I do think that can be rephrased better. It can be set up in a more snackable way, a more attention-grabbing way. I think you're right that the... The juice is in that stat, the juice is in that point that it's trying to make, but the sentences are too long, the way it's set up with the ad and the image isn't easy to digest and it doesn't get that point across and it doesn't get that leading point across, most importantly to the listeners to agitate the problem with them and to garner that emotional response. I would compound what you said before, don't be fear mongers, but do evoke the emotion that you want the readers or the viewers of your ad, of your particular piece of content to have. It's important to get that emotional element in. It actually reminds me, Kevin, uh, over the Easter break, I was watching this real estate
0: show, follows a real estate agency uh, in France, in Paris. And they're actually a a family who operate it and it's the family business. And they say one of the keys is when you show a client through a, a potential property that they wanna buy is you have to get them to imagine their life in that room, in that property. And once they start to imagine their life there, thinking like, oh, yes, I can see myself cooking in the kitchen with my family, cooking, and everyone's sitting around that big, you know, open table, you know, while we're all together drinking wine and cooking. Once they imagine that, then it becomes so much more real. And that's when the chances of them buying that property become so much higher because they've actually done that work to imagine themselves there. And so that's the same work that our ads have to do when our copy has to do is we have to entice people so they can, we have to agitate those pain
1: points so they can imagine that that could be them. Great point, great point. All right, the next thing that we would improve about this particular piece of helpful content is the title of the article itself. What was in a much bigger font size in the image Was the title of the article the long road ahead that's the part of the title that was basically put to the fore and that makes the task of then engaging with the brand and that piece of content a lot more difficult to tackle for the reader or for the user that's browsing through on the feed if you imagine you're going through your feed and you see something that says the long road ahead probably your first reaction would be that's going to take up a lot of my time I'm just here to grab some quick news, quick snackable content, and I'm moving on from this post immediately because I don't want a long road ahead. I just want a short snackable piece of content and to move on to the next thing. So that immediately already puts the users on the platform who are coming across your ad, your piece of content on defensive and more likely to reject your idea. So that's something we would call out. You know, make make it snackable content, but at the same time, make it enticing for people. Don't make it seem like a hard slog to get through.
0: Yeah, I mean, think about what else people are looking at or what they're also doing when they come across this ad on LinkedIn. They're chatting to colleagues, they're hanging out with friends, they're looking like at other job opportunities so that are coming their way, and then you present an ad with a title that says "The Long Road Ahead," and I'm not even problem aware. Like, why would I leave the LinkedIn party to go to that? I think Kevin just you know, I don't want to come off too harsh, but <laughs> I think, you know, they need to think a little bit more about what is going to grab me and my attention. If they were in my shoes, do I want to read about the fact that there's a long road ahead, or do I want to know that this is a serious problem and they can help me solve it?
1: Couldn't agree more, George. I think the next one we want to call out as a potential improvement point is pretty related. It is also about this idea of understanding the user as they come across or the reader as they come across your particular piece of content. We think the targeting might be a little wrong. So LinkedIn says George has been targeted based on his job title, but we're not a SaaS company. We're not a SaaS business and the content and service is specific to SaaS businesses. They've stated specifically that SaaS applications are common targets of ransomware attacks. If we were a SaaS business, it'd be a great example of sticking to and targeting a niche. For example, if they serve this ad to me and they're basing it on my work at MetaG, which is a SaaS business, then that would be more relevant. But then instead, they've targeted George, who isn't in a SaaS business. And so that's a little bit often suggests that the targeting might be a little bit wrong. And so then the content doesn't quite match the targeting that they've set up. And so again, it's about understanding the potential customers that are coming across your piece of content and whether that is what they're looking for. A SaaS business, uh, of a person working in a SaaS business might come across this piece of content and resonate with it. But for us, and specifically George, who has been targeted in this case, it's not that relevant. And that means our first reaction is probably going to be to scroll past once we see SaaS, or at least in George's case.
0: Kev, I'll just add to that and say that, look, even if it is difficult to target specifically SaaS businesses on LinkedIn with your ads, you should at least be probably excluding uh, businesses of our size. So we'd be registered as employees numbers, like two to 10, that category there. And if you have a company with like 10 or less employees, yes, of course, cybersecurity is a threat, but it's just not one that's top of mind. You're thinking about growth. You're thinking about making sure the business stays alive. So in terms of um, probably like you know defining a segment and winning them over, I would think that the 10 or less employees is far less likely to invest their limited resources and funds into This kind of solution is probably just lower down on the priority.
1: Very good point, George. Very good point. Again, it comes back to the idea of understanding your dream customers, understanding your potential dream customers and what they really look like in practice as they're going through these social platforms. And speaking of dream customers, Kev, I feel like it's not
0: exactly sure in the article who this particular article is for. It feels like it might be for executives at a high level. And look, I was targeted with this ad because I think I'm listed as an executive. And that's certainly how it feels when I read the article. And there's great data points in there, but it could focus more on the real pain points that we spoke about a little bit earlier, and it just kind of mentions them in passing. And some of those pain points that it mentions is data exposure, data loss, reputation damage, compliance exposure, third-party liability. They're all very triggering words for an executive. And that's what I thought that perhaps the article itself could have agitated even further and told stories around each of those or some of those so i could imagine myself as an executive experiencing reputation damage and maybe they could do that through a story format of someone who has gone through that and how it could have been prevented
1: yeah, that's definitely the sense I got as well reading that. It, it is pretty dense. You expect someone who's a little bit more in the know in the space to be reading that piece of content and to really digest it. And it does seem to be targeted towards that higher end exec level um, readership. And I will agree with you. Maybe it needs to be a little bit more coming back to that word snackable. It needs to be a little bit more simple in format perhaps talking about just one or two pain points and starting to use a bit more of the language that that particular dream customer segment they're going after is is going to be using to describe some of these things and i hope they've done the research and they they are in fact using quotes from execs but if they are in fact targeting execs then i'm hoping they're using the language that those execs would use to describe some of these pain points i don't get that sense myself but talking externally to that space i'm not sure so that's something that they potentially could look further into and if that's not the audience that they want to go after or they want to go after a wider pool then maybe they should be a bit more emotional about it less data points maybe uh, or one or two data points rather than a full article of data points and those that only speak to one or two pain points of the dream customers as we said before snackable content story format short story format in this case will get your point across a lot better particularly in the first couple of interactions they don't need to know that your service hits every single one of their pain points they can learn that over time as you nurture them through your content but that first couple of interactions really needs to hit their main pain points and hit them head-on a few times And not confuse the message you're trying to communicate to them. You should really hone in on those one or two main points that you're trying to solve for that audience.
0: It's also a great reminder, Kevin, that when we're creating content to usher people through each of those five stages of awareness, we also need to take into account that the content that you do for the unaware stage for the decision maker, who might be the executive, Could be different to the content that the influencer meaning the person who influences the decision maker or the person that the decision maker consults when it comes to uh investing in particular things the content that will resonate with them they could have very different pain points either way kev i think your point really remains that at this stage stories are key the main thing we want to do is educate them but also have something to take away from it that they'll remember. You and I remember that stat about 14% of people still can't recover their data even after they've paid a ransom. We only remember that because we just read it. Ask me tomorrow, Kevin, and I'll, I'll have forgotten it. That's just the way my brain works. But if that was in a story format and it was told as a story, then I can at least recall that story. That's just how humans operate. We just remember stories far better than anything else.
1: Yeah, and if it was the only point in that post, I mean, even in the introduction to the ad and the text, there was more than that point. So it immediately starts getting lost in the messaging. All right, George, let's round out this discussion with a few key takeaways. First, you need to create helpful content from the beginning of someone's buying journey. This means even making them realize they have a problem to begin with. Second, the point of content at this stage of awareness, unaware, is to educate someone that the problem exists. So don't gate it. Third, at this stage, unless an ad is very directly targeted towards a segment, you need to make it more snackable so it's easily consumed in the feed. And even if it is very directly targeted towards a segment, you should probably still make it relatively snackable. It's hard to get your message across if it's hidden on your landing page or within a long post
0: very nicely summarized. Thank you Kevin. Listeners, as per usual, you can find links to everything we discussed in the show notes. Thank you Kevin. We are so grateful that each week more and more marketers tune into the B2B Playbook every Monday. And if we can ask one thing, Kevin, it would be that our listeners could please leave us a short review on whatever platform it is that you listen on or or Kevin, could they please pass on to someone who they think would get value from the show. It's a great help to us and we'd really, really appreciate it. Thanks again. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, listeners. And catch you next week.
1: Take care, listeners. See you next week.
0: A quick note before you go, listeners. You can find more great content
1: and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook.
0: We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week. Thanks for
1: tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.